Megan. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? Good. Enjoying the sunshine today. Me too. Yeah. I am like acutely feeling the lack of vitamin D. <laughs> oh my Can't gosh, handle yeah. it. Yeah. So that actually is an awesome segue into my first question. Are you a Spokane native? I'm actually not. I'm okay. from the west side of the state, so even less sun sometimes. Okay, so this is like a treat for you. Yeah, yeah. that's one of the things I like about Spokane is that we do occasionally, we get more sun in the winter than, than Seattle. Okay. Because uh, we get these bright, clear, cold days. Okay. So I like that. Sure. Can you tell me why you made the decision to move to Spokane from Seattle? So, um, I actually have a family history with Spokane. Um, my parents both went to Gonzaga, um, mom for undergrad, dad for law school. Mm-hmm. And I have two aunts who've lived here my entire life, and we'd come over to visit um, and go to my one aunt's cabin up at Priest Lake. Mm-hmm. And so, when it came time to look at colleges, I, of course, considered Gonzaga as well, though I didn't really want to go to it because so many family members have gone to it mm-hmm. aunts, uncles, cousins, etc. But when I went and went and visited a whole bunch of campuses, I was like, shoot, <laughs> I like this one best. Oh, no. Uh, I've been torn in. <laughs> yes. So I went to Gonzaga, and I met my husband there, and he's from here. And so okay. when we graduated, we both sort of raced to see who could find a, a job first. And he, he, being an accountant, was uh, much quicker to find a job than I was that was a full-time good paying one Mm -hmm. and so after we got married uh, we ended up moving over here okay did you go to school for the arts when you attended Gonzaga actually no I went to school for uh, biology Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and so I think the connection between those two is an interest in the world, mm-hmm. finding the, the world fascinating, mm-hmm. inquisitiveness. Um, I, I unfortunately fell for the whole idea that you can't really make a living as an artist. Oh, sure. And Gonzaga doesn't really have like a commercial art um, program. Right. You know, uh, otherwise I probably would have tried to sneak that in. Okay. But um, I did go to the Gonzaga in Florence program. Okay. Which is where you live in Italy for uh, school year. Wow. And that was really, really cool. Um, I took an art class there. Unfortunately, because uh, all the art classes there were taught by Italians, which was really neat, mm-hmm. they were not officially accredited, so it didn't count oh. towards like a minor okay. at all. So I ended up minoring in history. Granted, uh, in Italy, history basically is art. So, right. Um, and I took a bunch of history classes that were also art-related, you know, history of photography, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, so I did manage to get that in, and I took... Uh, printmaking and and design and drawing and some other things like that okay. during college as well and then post college I've been taking workshops and classes and working on things on my own wonderful yeah so were you I mean that obviously answers my question as far as a bit of your background as an artist um, were you creative as a child? Was oh, it something yeah. that you were just always into? Yeah. Uh, it was me and the paper and the pencils all okay. the time. So <laughs> so kind of the story of all of us. Yeah, really. yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. My mom has a story of um, we went to on a ski trip up mm-hmm. to Canada, and I we got there, and I looked around and went, can I have paper and pencil? And uh-huh. I was like six I think or seven and so my aunt was coming up later and mom called her and said please bring like a stack of paper this high and right she's and some getting pencils. Use it. that same aunt um when 
her, uh, my uncle, uh, it was an advertising. And so when they switched out all the printers to no longer have those, you know, tear off whole sides, mm -hmm. they had, they brought, he brought home all the paper in a giant stack. And I'd go wow. over there with the markers and just work my way down the stack that oh, was wow. taller than I was. And yeah. It was, it was great. I was like that as far as a child in school. And my teachers would make little notes of like, I love where you're going with this, but this is your biology homework. Like, you should <laughs> yeah, not draw yeah, on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I struggled yeah. with that. Yeah. Now, I'd like to ask you, kind of go back to your time in Italy. Sure. Um, and then even as far as, like, your affiliation for nature, is that kind of what developed? Because I've seen a lot of your work, mm -hmm. and a lot of it is, of course, features a lot of architecture and a lot of landmarkers. Yeah. Is that kind of where your love for drawing and painting these began, or...? Yeah, you could probably say that, certainly for architecture. Um, I drew a lot in high school, and obviously that was during school, during classes. Mm -hmm. So I would uh, draw students across the way or parts of uh, the classroom and that kind of thing, and that continued through college, drawing mm -hmm. friends and during class. Um, but when we, I went to Italy, I uh, bound a couple sketchbooks for myself and brought a few ones as well. And that was, you know, I'd sit around and draw all the amazing architecture that they had. Right. So it was just sort of a continuation of what I was already doing. But yeah, I think you're right. That was the, the source of the architecture love. Mm -hmm. um, I was very inspired by the urban sketchers, mm -hmm. though I don't think they had formally founded by then, maybe. Mm -hmm. I forget. They might be... They're at least 10 years old, but I think they might be more than that. It's an international organization founded by Gabby Campanario, who, oddly enough, is a, a reporter at the Seattle Times. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so they have chapters all over the world. Um, so, like, in Hong Kong and Amsterdam and here in the U.S. and in Canada, all over. Mm -hmm. And what the goal is is that you go out and paint from life. And so, you know, there's, there's the old school plein air, which frequently sort of implies uh, super realistic oil paintings, watercolors. Urban sketches is a little more uh, rough and ready, and mm -hmm. the, the pen, ink, mixed media, digital, um, all over the world can be pens, doesn't have to be finished work, not necessarily right. classical, um, and that has been super fun and very inspiring to mm -hmm. get out and uh, draw on location. Oh, I bet, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, it fulfills the love for nature, yeah. which, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, you're getting... Yeah. A lot of. Yeah. And um, also just I think um, a lot of my daily life is interesting. Things that I pass by are interesting. Right. And when you get out and do that, it's uh, I sort of equate it to those people who like to go fishing. But the interest is not so much I've got to catch these fish or I want to eat right. the fish. Right. It's uh, they say I caught the day. Yeah. So like whenever I go out and uh, paint on location, the painting may or may not necessarily be all that great because you know it's hot and or cold or there's wind or mm -hmm. whatever people are talking to you but you still got to be out there enjoying that experience of uh, the sunshine and talking to people mm -hmm. and seeing something beautiful mm -hmm. and developing uh, as an artist developing as an artist not being with my face stuck to a computer screen right which is always a challenge these days yeah it is it is um, it, that kind of moves us into a little bit as far as like what you would consider maybe to be some of your rituals or your habits as far as, um, you know, having a, not necessarily a successful 
art career, which you do, um, but some things that keep you focused as far as on developing your skill as an artist. Okay. Um, so I'm a list maker. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I am very, very into lists and crossing things off of lists and moving things around lists and organizing. Um, I find it very helpful because I am very easily distracted. <laughs> um, I don't know if that would come to surprise to anyone, but... Um, Yeah, I'm very easily distracted, and there's a lot of things to distract you these days, especially with the internet, and um, you can end up spending with your face down a computer in the internet looking at amazing paintings, and then realize you haven't made any paintings, (laughs) and it's just (laughs) like, well, that was counterproductive. Exactly. So um, I try to make sort of a list about different um, things, particularly so in the case of all my, my landmark series in Spokane, I have an actual digital list of um, places that I want to paint but haven't gotten around to and then I sort of break it down into things, ones that I have photos of, ones I want to paint from life um, you know, and so I can sort of schedule it because I found that if I don't really schedule it, it doesn't really get done which mm-hmm. is why uh, for my initial Art of Science Spokane project I um, broke it down where it was a new location every single week for a year because that was sort of a con- concrete goal and a deadline attached Mm -hmm. and and that was a very intense year and so now I'm doing it slower but I still want to continue to both do that series and then do other work so I'm Mm -hmm. trying to sort of schedule it to balance that here's a couple of Spokane scenes here's a few that are you know could be anywhere or are a different subject or and then also commissions so Mm -hmm. lists for all of those things wonderful you might have to teach me that skill because (laughs) I, I have, have struggle with I have the same this digital thing. digital app that has been mm-hmm. very helpful. It's called Trello. Okay. And it's uh, based off of I think they call them Canta boards. Okay. Uh, which is something computer programmers use, but um, you can make like sort of they call them cards, and so like I'll say today, tomorrow, this week, right? You know, inbox, whatever, and then you type it out, and you can attach links like mm-hmm. images, links for articles, all of that kind of stuff, and then um, move them however you want or say done and move it off the thing that's wonderful yeah and so like I have a separate board that's all um inspiration ideas Mm -hmm. so and then like uh painting titles Spokane inspiration um things I want to paint other things that are non-Spokane that I want to paint and then I have my regular to do and then I've got my commission list and so I can Mm -hmm. sort of flip back and forth and get an idea of Mm -hmm. what I'm doing (laughs) now how do you choose your subject matter you talked a little bit about commissions yeah and I know you do again a lot of stuff that is local landmarkers and uh well-known spots in Spokane how does that process happen as far as your choices uh and choosing Mm -hmm. well (laughs) that you make it sound like it's very fancy like uh, my decision making. Like I walk Typically, by I walk by and see it. <laughs> I drive by and I see it, and I go, "That it looks cool. I should paint that." Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very, very non picky. Um, mm-hmm. So, like in the case of you just you know, drive by the milk bottle, mm-hmm. obviously that's something that needs to mm-hmm. be painted. It's a giant milk bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, other times, it'll be like the shade of light on wow. on something. Okay. Um, so that usually depends on the time of day. So in that case, it's also walking by. Mm-hmm. Like I saw the the. Uh, the distribution of shadows and light across the facade. Mm-hmm. Um, other times, it's because uh, people tell me I should paint a thing. Okay. And then I Google it, and I go and I look, and I'm like, I should. you are right. 
Um, and also, I, I just really like architectural elements. I took okay. AP art history in high school and really loved it. And so Spokane, we're really lucky that we still have a lot of sort of historic right. buildings standing. So like I'll be walking around and I look for the ones buildings that have the nameplates up top, that okay. have the, the pediments and the curly things and the columns. Mm -hmm. and interesting, um, you know, patina, mm -hmm. uh, ghost signs, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Anything that draws some recognition as far as a historic building. Yeah, well, it's not necessarily that I'm thinking, oh, people will like that because it's historic. Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, sometimes that's helpful if I'm right. specifically thinking I need a new print and I need something that people will like. Mm -hmm. You know, that's sort of a, a different generation of the artwork mm -hmm. where I'm thinking more as a business person. Okay. But purely from an aesthetic view, I'll walk right. around and say, I like that, I right. should do that. Or, um, you know, the... The um, you know, or just an interesting shape mm -hmm. or reflections. Obviously, like the parkade is a fascinating shape. Sure. So yeah. just walking around downtown and looking at it from different points of view, mm -hmm. all of that can be really interesting. Or trying to capture the atmosphere of a place. Like mm -hmm. I've been trying to figure out how to sort of do that with Riverfront Park. You know, oh, because sure. it's got so many different moods, so many different mm -hmm. spaces, such different energy. Mm -hmm. So you can paint different sort of vignettes that express River Park, uh, Riverfront Park in the summer, Riverfront Park in the spring, Riverfront Park at night, right. you know. Mm -hmm. I, I've been wanting to do the carousel, but I, I keep getting stuck because I'm like, there's the big carousel with a really cool lighting effect at night, mm -hmm. and then there's a million really cool animals inside, mm -hmm. and do I want to like do portraits of the animals, or do I want to do it with the people on it, and do mm -hmm. I want to do it from outside? Maybe I want to do all of them, and, right. and then I get tired and go do something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's too many decisions to make. I'm going to go off and do a landscape. <laughs> so it sounds very much like a um, a visceral artistic expression of, I like that, I like how it looks, I want to express this. Yeah. Like, I want to create this. Yeah. Pretty much my art in many cases is I saw a thing I thought was cool. Here, you look at this thing I thought was cool. Yeah. Okay. That's basically, basically it. It's time it's to like, do this. Yes. Yeah. Now, what are some things that you would say you enjoy the most as far as being an active artist in Spokane? That just okay. come to your mind. So specific to Spokane or just that I enjoy about being in it? Um, let's do both. Okay. Mm -hmm. So specifically, a thing that I like about uh, the being an artist in Spokane is we have a really um, great, really tight artist community. Mm -hmm. You know, that can also be a negative in that it's a little small, but it's a small town. But uh, I love that when I go out, I, we all have a great time chatting with each other. We all support each other's shows. That's really amazing and mm -hmm. fabulous. Um, I know we would all love to expand so that we could get new buyers because we've, we've all been buying each other's art, right. which is great. Um, and so, yeah, I love that bit and that I feel like I know a lot of people now and they know me or we at least know each other's work and everyone's super mm -hmm. excited that we're all here making art in Spokane. And so mm -hmm. I love that energy. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. It is very much like a family. Yeah. Like when you know people and you are, I mean, you're friends with them. Yeah. You know, you have a relationship with them. And that's lovely because then we can talk about, you know, our artistic frustrations, our, our business struggles, all mm -hmm. of that. And everyone's super supportive. Mm -hmm. You know, community is a very important thing. And I feel like we have a good one oh, here huge. in Spokane. Yeah. Now, um, a little bit as far as backing up a bit, what other jobs have you had in your life before you became an artist? Because you were telling me a little bit about um, you 
were under the impression that it was not possible to be an artist and also survive on that. Yeah. So. Well, I always figured I would do it along the way. And maybe right. when I retired or later mm-hmm. in life, I would, I would try being an artist. Um, I have had some weird jobs. Uh, fun, <laughs> but, uh-huh. you know, like just sort of all over the place. Um, so I worked at the Center for Wooden Boats for a little while, which okay. is actually a museum on the west side of the state. That's cool. It's um, on South Lake Union, and mm-hmm. so what they do is help preserve uh, historic wooden boats, mm-hmm. and then also help do like teaching how to build boats, uh, and you can rent boats, you can become a member, and once wow. they know that you won't like crash the boats, mm-hmm. you can take boats out, mm-hmm. and then they offer on the weekends free um, sailing. So on some of the bigger wow. boats, they'll just you know pile people mm-hmm. in and go out onto the lake. Mm-hmm. And so I was in charge of one of the kids' programs, and so um, we would uh, paddle the Umiak, which is a uh, replicate, uh, replica, um, Alaskan Inuit canoe, mm-hmm. 15 feet long, and we'd stick about uh, 15 kids and some adults in there, and we'd all paddle out into the lake, and there's um, biplanes landing, and wow. other people kayaking, and there's ferries, and all the other boats, and we'd go out and do stuff, and then come back, and it was really fun. Wow. That's so that amazing. was definitely probably the most unique. That's amazing, um, and it fit in your, um, it sounds like your love of art history as well, because it is an yeah. aspect of of historical artistry. Yes, and they did uh, art shows relating to maritime stuff in that building as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, And and when I was in... um High school, uh, we I belonged to a sailing club. We had a sailing club mm-hmm. associated, so we would go and sail around, um, and I would uh, paint sometimes while we sailed. Wow, and that was super fun. Now, do you sail still? Like in Spokane, do you spend any I time do doing not. that? No, no, because uh, we don't have a boat, and mm-hmm. um, while we have a lot of lakes, uh, most of the ones up where we are are fairly small. Okay. So what I've been looking into uh, that I've really been enjoying is uh, paddleboarding. But oh, they're a little bit so less. Fun. I'm not quite secure enough to go painting yet because uh-huh. while I haven't fallen in too much, um, I would prefer to not have my sketchbooks <laughs> go in the water. You don't want to pre soak your water, yeah? Heller. No, thank you. <laughs> little wet on wet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Well, that's a what a wonderful story. Like as yeah. far as your. So that's a super fun one, mm-hmm. but like I've also worked. Um, teaching kids art at the Corbin Arts Center as a teacher's aide at a local Catholic school. Um, And then my most recent job was, and and retail of course, and then my most recent job was uh, working as a secretary slash office manager and remote office manager for uh, a local industrial scale company. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And Uh so that was just an office job. Yeah. And... um, yeah, and that actually was the catalyst for me um, becoming an artist because mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of computer work. I was remote managing a whole bunch of offices, and we were having to do a lot of data stuff. And so I um, managed to damage my arm, actually, with the computer. Mm. Not officially, like, carpal tunnel or anything. We couldn't get it officially diagnosed. As far as I can tell, probably what happened is just everything got really tight Mm -hmm. and unhappy and inflamed and it Mm. was pulling on bones and squishing on nerves yeah and so it was it was very difficult and very painful and so um after much urging from my husband and my best friend because I'm Mm -hmm. very stubborn Mm -hmm. um I quit that job and then uh took the time to recover and did some more painting and drawing with that because Mm -hmm. that helped to sort of strengthen my arm and my hand after the recovery 
Do you find um, you have any problems as far as your arm goes now being, I mean, constantly having a paintbrush or a, a pencil in hand? It's not too bad. Uh, really, it's computers that sets it off, right. which is part of why um, I decided to give being an artist a try because okay. there, there's not a whole ton of jobs these days where you don't need to do quite a bit of computer work, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I, uh, I'm okay because it uses different, a different selection of muscles for the most part. Right. And I've got a whole bunch of stretches and different exercises and yoga that I do that mm -hmm. um, help with all of that. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's very important, I feel, for everybody who, who do a lot of repetitive work, painters right. and all of that, that right. you should do hand and arm and shoulder strengthening and stretching exercises mm -hmm. because you want to be able to do this as long as possible. I know. And they do. I do find myself, especially when I'm in my studio, a lot yeah. where... And good posture is important, yep. too. And even when I go to my massage therapist, she'll yes. be like, I'm left-handed. And she's like oh my gosh, this yeah. is pretty messed up today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I can so see you, the validity of that. you got to take care of yourself so that you can keep doing it. Keep doing it, I know. Now, is there anything as far as, like, we were talking a bit about the relationships and how small the art community in Spokane is. Is there anything that you would like to see change about the art scene in Spokane or maybe progress more mm. than it has? Well, I feel like uh, in the, the years that I've lived here um, that it has expanded dramatically. Um, you know, there's been a lot of growth, a lot of new people coming in, um, a lot of up and coming people. Um, so I'm very excited about that. And I would love for the continuing expansion of the market for art, uh, 2D, 3D, all kinds, to expand and for people to appreciate that and really love having original art or art from local artists right. on their walls. I feel like that would benefit everyone, mm -hmm. both customers and artists, and be really great. Right. And that kind of, um, I mean, maybe a little bit of an emphasis on the conversation we were having earlier this morning about... Um, kind of eradicating the disconnect between clients and artists and creating relationships between people who want to buy art and people who create art. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, it's always a struggle. Um, I feel like I, I do a lot of um, advertising or, you know, telling everyone about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the same time, I still find people who are like, oh, I had no idea you were doing this. Wow. You know, or um, so you just got to get out there and reach out and find mm -hmm. find the people your little who want niche. your work yeah uh -huh. yeah now um as far as like how how would you consider your art allows you to express yourself creatively um i mean obviously art is a form of expression and whether we harness it as a career or not it is a way to express ourselves like how do you think that that allows you to do that mm. so you know, I don't know if this quite qualifies because I've never really thought of it as mm, expressing myself in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. um, I more kind of like we were talking before with the communication. Right. I saw a cool thing. Here's the cool thing. Look at right. the cool thing. Appreciate the cool right. thing. So I suppose it is communicating. I'm typically what I'm trying to say with my art is that there are beautiful things around us right. every day. And maybe even the expression of, this is what I love, I want to share this yeah, with other yeah, people, that, or definitely. have other people see it. Yeah. yeah, I love this, you should see it. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. this is worthy of attention. Right. You know, particularly things where it's just, you know, sort of an average building, or mm -hmm. maybe uh, a plant. I've been drawing, um, I bought a 99 cent 
primrose from the grocery store and I was very careful to pick one that hadn't fully opened so mm-hmm. that I could watch it open. Right. And so I've been drying it sort of every day. Oh, that's for, lovely. For me, in a lot of cases, the <laughs> this sounds very self-centered, but uh, my art is for me. Um, right. You know, it's it's my way of exploring the world, understanding mm-hmm. the world, celebrating the world. Um, it's my way of uh, inner peace. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if it's not going well, not so right. inner peace but um, it's it's my way, you know, you get into that zen space mm-hmm. in your brain, which is really, really nice and feels really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy it because my interest in art and the way I like to tackle it means that I'm focused on looking for the beautiful in the world. Right. And appreciating that and being grateful for it, which right. is basically the way I would like to live my life. Right. Whether that's it's going to turn into a painting or not. Mm -hmm. I want to live in a place of beauty and appreciation and gratitude. Right. So um, for me, in many cases, art is a practice sort of the way yoga is a practice. Mm -hmm. But I love to share it with other people because it's sort of, I want to sort of spark Mm -hmm. the joy that I felt or the enjoyment that I felt, the happiness. Uh, I want them to see that when when they look at it. So it's sharing that, I guess. You talk about expression. I love your answer. I think it's wonderful. I think I mean I think any answer would have been wonderful, but especially just the the sharing of the joy in 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 a world where there seems to be a lot of negativity and yeah, a lot sure. of pain and a lot of um just focus on the bad to be able to feed joy into a community and something that brings you joy and yes. share that joy with other people. Yes. I love, I absolutely love that answer. <laughs> and knowing you, Megan, and how sweet you are, I, I understand it. Aww. I get that. Um, that is actually something that's a great joy for me is to be able to have a relationship with you and these other artists and know you guys and, and have that rapport mm-hmm. where I legitimately know you as a person. Like that's something that's really neat. Well, that's something so. I really like about, um, both the art community and and Spokane Art Supply in particular is that, you know, as a, as an artist, I am a solo entrepreneur, and mm-hmm. so I I can't do it all by myself, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it's nice to sort of I sort of feel like you guys are my team, mm-hmm. you know. I wouldn't be able to do right. this without you guys. We're a team together making this work because right. you guys help with the prints and all of the mm-hmm. supplies and so many things. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's very symbiotic as far as being a solo entrepreneur as you said small businesses and small family owned businesses yeah. are we have no choice but to have symbiotic relationships yeah. and to build relationships with each other because and, again it's the growth of each other and all the other printers who do the things that you guys can't do for me or don't do um, at this time mm-hmm. are also small business right. locally owned people with families and right. so I really I really love that Oh, that's wonderful. Um, So thank you for that answer. That was a lovely answer. Um, What would you consider to be a... Because I know there are challenges within the art world or being an artist. Um, I guess with any job there is. But what would you consider to be one of your most um, glaring challenges as a full-time artist? (laughs) Uh, Primarily making money. Okay. You know, yep. if we talk about it from a business sense, that's the major one. Is right. um, art is not a necessity the way that uh, food is, you know, or mm-hmm. gas for your car, or electrical, or e- clothes, you mm-hmm. know, all of that. Um, and so, 
while art can be a necessity of the soul in terms of beauty and joy, you can also get that from other places. Right. So, um, you know, finding the way to connect with people, to uh, find the people who love your art, to, you know, provide enough worth that they want and mm -hmm. love to buy this thing that isn't necessary but yet they need right is uh, is the challenge you know to make the work so good that people can't resist mm -hmm. and find the right people mm -hmm. who want it because even if it's fabulous if it's not their taste right. they're not going to want it so doing that and then balancing all the business stuff with the art is also quite challenging okay. um i find that i spend more time doing things like marketing and website and picking up prints and working in shops and mm -hmm. doing stuff like that and then painting and so that's once again always the organization and the lists right. to make sure that I can fit in the painting uh, in and around all of that or try to make the painting more of a priority and keep the uh, answering the emails down mm -hmm. to a dull roar. Mm -hmm. Now um, obviously you say that you make it something that becomes a desirable item for people. Yeah. I guess that also falls under the category of making art affordable and available to everybody yes. versus one particular group of people. Is that kind of where the prints come in? Yes. So definitely there are artists whose niche is, you know, um, large, highly priced canvases and mm -hmm. that can work for them. But um, because of the market here in Spokane and because I'm starting out as sort of you know, I started out as a bit unknown, and I mm -hmm. do really like art to be affordable to everyone. Right. I do have a wide range of um, art, so cards, everything from $4 up to originals, which are a couple hundred, Okay. you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, are, are the price range. You know, calendars 12, books 25, that mm -hmm. way everyone has sort of a price point at which they can right. access the art. Right, so it, it truly is available to everybody. Yeah. Which is wonderful. I mean, for anyone who wants to collect art in general. Yeah. So, um, so what would you say comes to mind? I know this is putting you on the spot, but as far as comes to mind is a memorable moment in your art career. Is there anything you can tell me any oh, yeah. moment in your life? Totally. Okay. Um, most recent memorable moment would be completing that year-long project um, okay. where Art of Science Spokane, where I painted at a different location every single week for a year. Uh, did three to five paintings or sketches at each location, so wow. completed a body of work of well over 200 paintings and sketches, and then running a Kickstarter for the first time, oh my gosh, and having that um, successfully fund and even overfund by about $1,000, which was remarkable, wow. and then um, hosting all through the holidays of that, uh, you know, handing out the books, handing out the prizes that people had gotten from uh, backing the project and just uh, that was an amazing experience because I felt so supported by the community here wow. in Spokane. Yeah. I felt like I learned so much. I'd made a book. I'd done a Kickstarter. I'd man, I learned so much. So mm -hmm. it was both amazing because uh, it felt wonderful to I felt basically celebrated with not to sound super egotistical but uh, no but it's a boost to your it was so, confidence. So kind and so wonderful mm -hmm. and then um, yeah, and I learned a lot, and oh. that made me feel like, okay, maybe I can do this. Yeah. So, um, that was probably the most dramatic moment. Okay. I hope I will have more in yeah. the decades to come. <laughs> that is quite dramatic, though. Um, what would you consider something that you really like about your work, and then what is one thing that you strive to change? Mm. I really like color. 
and I like the, my use of color in mm-hmm. my work. Um, but of course, also, I'm always striving. So in this case, I'm striving to, hmm, currently striving to push my watercolors to be uh, even more kind of expressive, to play with the uh, the great qualities of watercolor paint, you know, mm-hmm. the way that it flows and it moves and you can mix on the paper and all of that mm-hmm. and really p- it play with the intensity of color and value. Value okay. is something I'm trying to work on a bit more, value and composition as well, which are always great. You know, they're they're the the building blocks of, of painting. Um, okay. Values, mm-hmm. in this case, um, if our listening audience doesn't know, uh, has to do with how light or how dark something is uh, compared to each other, typically. So they often say, uh, color gets all the credit, but values do all the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you get your values right, that's what makes an object look three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, so always trying to improve my basic groundwork mm-hmm. um, to make an excellent painting. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite subject you have painted, be it, be it a place, a building, a monument? Hmm. See, that's tricky, because almost always my favorite painting is the most recent painting. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then it sort of wears off, and then I'm like, next painting. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe an experience you really enjoyed painting, as far as being there and painting it. Well, I have to say that some of my favorite paintings are uh, ones from old sketchbooks where I went on trips. Mm -hmm. Because uh, not only does uh, the... You know, the paintings bring back the memory of the experience. Right. So, um, and usually they were really fun to do. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, this is definitely not my favorite painting aesthetically, but I went on a trip with a good friend to the American Southwest for a mutual friend's wedding, and we ended up... um, we rented a car at the Ford Focus level mm-hmm. for this road trip, but because we were picking a car up in one location and dropping it off in an entirely different state, mm-hmm. never mind city, because we were doing a road trip, they wanted to move a Mustang convertible that they had just there. And oh, they wow. wanted it to go to the other auto place. Uh-huh. So they were like, let's give you a Mustang, red Mustang convertible uh, for, Ford, for Ford Focus price. That we were like, And have yes, you please. move it. Yes, please. <laughs> So, um, yes, basically. And so um, we're driving through the desert because the wedding was in Arizona. And then we were driving over to Palm uh, Palm Springs, Joshua Tree. We're going to go see Joshua Tree National Park. And uh, we did a lot of, we took turns driving because it was super fun to drive on those big, long roads. And um, tops down and my friend is driving and I'm sitting in this, this seat. And it, the speed limit there is interesting. I think it was 70, maybe 80. Mm-hmm. And, and so top down convertible going about 70 miles an hour. And I turn and I'm sketching my friend with the hair, her hair whipping out behind her, wow. the red convertible. And I'm sort of bouncing. So not the greatest uh, sketch in terms of technical ability, mm-hmm. but... Whenever I look at it, I can feel the wind in my hair and the feeling of rocketing mm-hmm. uh, through the desert landscape at a, at a red busting convertible with a, my best friend. Mm-hmm. So, so the experience the of it experience. was really... Yeah. 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 Now, um, I asked you about as far as your favorite subject you painted. Um, and then is there something that has a special place in your heart as far as a piece? Or would it still be considered something that had an experience value to you? Mm, at this point, 
most of them it's it's their experience based mm-hmm. so the i when i look at them i remember what i was doing or right. feeling when i did it and so i enjoy that um there's a couple paintings that are special to me in in a in a way in that every now and then you make a painting that's mm-hmm. sort of above your current skill level mm-hmm. and so then it's like okay um you know, this growing. was really good i'm growing I can get to the, eventually, if I keep pushing myself, I'll get to the point where this is my baseline, and then who knows what my, you know, when I manage to do right. a really good one, what that will look my like. My abilities will And be. that will be exciting. Yeah. So there's that. Now, so as we draw our interview to a close here, I'd like to ask you if you were to impart any advice to a beginning artist or somebody who has decided that this is going to be their path in life now, what are maybe some advice or some tips or skill that you would suggest anyone kind of add into their life? Hmm. I would say uh, develop a sketchbook habit. Um, That has been extremely helpful to me. Um, Sketchbooks are great because you can take them with you everywhere and particularly when you're starting out they're um, helpful because it sort of takes the pressure off of making an excellent painting because it's in a book you know Mm -hmm. so it's like this isn't gonna be framed though you can of course cut a sheet out if it really turns out great mm-hmm. um, and then also it, people tend to be very curious about drawing and maybe you, you don't feel up to having people look at whatever it is you're doing so you can always close it it can go with you constantly I find that um, drawing regularly and painting regularly uh, it's like being an athlete or like practicing piano um, mm-hmm. if you don't do it regularly you feel rusty right. and so I would say drawing painting uh, regularly is very Mm -hmm. important even if it's just small Mm -hmm. amounts and so doing it in a sketchbook makes it seem manageable it's smaller and you can also sort of see sketchbooks have a narrative you know I do that for travel trips and stuff but you they have a narrative in that when you start out to the end you can sort of flip through it and be Mm -hmm. oh look I really did make progress whereas you might not have uh, seen that if you did it all on individual scraps of paper People also have a tendency to rip up or throw away paintings or drawings they feel are subpar. But if you have those there, if you can stand to to have them there, it really shows your progression, and that's very encouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, Sketchbooks are also great for studies, you know. Um, I like to take an object and just draw it and turn it. So I had, like, a snail shell, Mm -hmm. and I was just rotating it. Here's the front, here's the back, and upside down, draw it all the different directions. So, yeah, drawing skills um, and just drawing a lot of things regularly. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say would be really, really helpful. Wonderful. Well, Megan, thank you so much for your time this morning in your interview. Of course. And can you share with our audience where they can find your work if they are interested? Sure. So uh, if you live here in Spokane, you can see my work in person at Pottery Place Plus in the Liberty Building in downtown Spokane and at the From Here store at the downtown Spokane Mall. Um, you can also find it online at www.meganperkinsart.com and on Instagram at artist eye on Spokane, uh, all lowercase, all one word. Um, and also at, uh, Perkins underscore Megan, um, on Instagram for work that isn't Spokane specific. You can also find me on Facebook at Megan Perkins art and artist eye on Spokane. Wonderful. Megan, thank you so much just for your advice, your general wonderful answers, and just have fun this one today. So.